0: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone.
1: Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first
2: purchase. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have spoken with each other and, uh, and um, they forget what happened, they've had a frank discussion with each other and they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back their county jerseys. But these fellas he get such a fing shit shock
1: next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their fing houses for ten years.
0: There's only one place to start, lads, and that is the bombshell that the Sunday Independent um, broke yesterday, that Jack McCaffrey is stepping away from the Dublin um, squad. Uh, strong indications that he's going to even retire full time. So it's not just for a year. He did that before. Um, there are strong indications that he's going to retire from inter-county football and focus on his club. And. Um, bit of a surprise here then you find out that he's working in Kilkenny he's a, he's a doctor it's nothing to do with the coronavirus or anything like that he's a pediatric doctor as far as I heard and they just work long hours Conan, and there's nothing really to see here other than he's bloody wood everything that there is in the game what else is there for him to achieve literally nothing he's never going to do a five in a row again he's one player of the year young player of the year he's won four all-stars he's won I don't know how many Leinster titles national leagues What's left in, in it for him outside of winding down and maybe enjoying his life and having a work-life balance?
1: Yeah, and, and he's already proven he can uh, go away for a year, travel as far as he wants, and then come back and still be even better. <laughs> you know, so he doesn't even have a, a comeback motivation. They, they prove people that he can still do it. Um it's like it's obviously a huge loss for GA. Remember you talking about him last year, just in sort of terms of like being one of the best players you've ever seen, and definitely like probably the best player in the game at the minute. So it's a huge loss in that sense, and a huge loss for Dublin. But I, I yeah, I, I can sort of definitely sympathise with him. Like if he's in Kilkenny, and like think how much that they're given. Like and like obviously you're, you're talking about him working long hours, and it's not even just he was talking about like finding a pitch in Kilkenny and doing all these runs and stuff. You know the one days he couldn't come up, so. It's just absolutely flat out and maybe he's just at a stage where he's thinking, you know what, I can't bother to do this 40 hours a week or whatever whatever the amount of training is. Yeah, Chad
0: Fitzpatrick who we had on the show over during the lockdown doing the nostalgia shows, he finished at 26 as well. He'd won absolutely everything that's left in the game and he was like, to me, when you've climbed Everest a good few times there's no nothing really left to climb uh connor (laughs) maybe that's it i I don't know i think it's just his life situation now rather than you know he's achieved everything that he he's wanted to achieve
2: isn't it great that like the likes of chaffets patrick and jack jack McCaffrey, by the time they're before they're even 27 they've won so much (laughs) do you know that they can decide oh i've I've seen it i've seen it and i've done it all and i'm I'm just going to give it up now but that's entirely it like i mean i've um, my, my first reaction I, I think a lot of people a lot of like counties outside Dublin got a bit giddy oh this is great news but then to be honest I was a little bit just um, I was a little bit disappointed to be to just not going to see him for if, if it is true not going to see him for the next few years because as Conan hinted at there you're talking about like one of, one of if not the best player of the game in the last five or ten years one of the most impactful players of the game some of the most brilliant individual performances that I can think of and he's the only defender that I can think of that was so good that requires the top counties to to have man mark him or come up with a specific plan for him. He's that effective going forward. So but listen, Jack, Jack was always, you always got the impression with Jack McCarthy that he was a, uh, you know, he he was of his own mind. He kind of um was never afraid to to kind of make you know make big decisions like that, like as he did with stepping off for a year a few years ago. So listen, all I can say is um is best luck to him. But um big loss for Dublin, obviously, but big loss for the Jay as well.
0: Yeah, no, it is. Well, like they've won an all of them without him in 2016. So it's not like Dublin, you know, don't have the strength and depth to be able to handle this kind of thing. they won them without Dear McConnelly, Rory O'Carroll, you know, they won them without uh, different players over the years. But there's no doubt he's just, he's going to be a big loss for Gaelic football fans. Like the one three he scored in the drawn 2019 final, like Dublin don't win the five in a row without Jack McCaffrey. That's a fact. That is a fact because Kerry had them on the rack and the only player at that, Stage of the game was standing up to Kerry and keeping Dublin in the game. Was Jack McCaffrey? He could have won player of the year in 2018. Remember, he won man of the match against mm-hmm. Galloway in the semi final and man of the match in the final against Toronto. That's not enough to get you player of the year. I think Brian Fenton won it that year, but Jack had won it before that. Um, interestingly enough he was his first ever All-Ireland finally he was taken off at half-time he was off um, um, yeah straight, straight away at half-time he was only 19 th- that year and remember Kieran Kilkenny went off in that same All-Ireland after 42 minutes they were only young fellas straight out of minor I'm pretty sure and did brilliant Leinster championships and they went off the boil completely due to their age but it was interesting in thirteen, both, both McCaffrey and Kilkenny are off both of them are off the field after the 42nd minute and you know maybe they learnt the hard way that that day that this is a huge step up you know playing Mayo. i think it was kevin mclaughlin roasted uh jack um conan that day but like i mean to to he, he has no that was his first all ireland and then his last all ireland is the drawn match where he scored 1-3 so like I mean there's been ups and downs since then but that's how he kind of finished up because he went off at half time actually in the 50, he went off early in the 2015 final went off in the All-Ireland final replay in 19 he's had he's had a topsy-turvy uh, experiences in All-Ireland finals
1: Yeah I think he went off after a few minutes in 2017 as well the only won by a point did against me May- I remember Paul Paul Flynn came on for him so real checkered and the ones he did play he usually got mad in the match <laughs> <laughs> Yeah 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 <laughs> But it's yeah. um it does show the transition. Like, yeah, you're talking about him getting roasted by Kevin McLaughlin in twenty thirteen, but then fast forward six years. And I did stats on him in last year's all in final and he touched the ball three times in his own half, whereas he was man in the match, he was just completely dictating the play, like you know, yeah. playing wing back and just driving at a carry, like you know, and, and, and just getting everybody in the country to sit up and take notice. It wasn't him going out and worrying about a skillful wing forward, it was him going out trying to win a game.
0: Well, that's the thing, because wing forwards, I suppose, changed. And, like, I mean, all the defensive duties pretty much were taken off him. And the way the game was evolving suited him down to the ground. He, By his own admission, he wasn't the best man marker. But that kind of job for a wing back became redundant, the marking job, because players dropped back and helped you out. And he was just used as this, like, kind of catapult to kind of break through lines. And, and you know, when you have his pace and his attacking instinct with very little defensive responsibilities, that's where Jack McCaffrey kind of flourished. And that's why, you know, maybe just the era across which he played, now he'd be brilliant in any other era, but at the same time, without potentially getting exposed, you know, at the defending side, it definitely suited his game, um, uh, Connor. But there is Mm. actually a funny quote for Pillar Caffrey, today, he was, you know, given um, his thoughts, he said it's immeasurable how much of a loss he's going to be. He's one of the first names on the team sheet and because a lot of this year's championship is going to be played at Croke Park he's one of those guys whose skill set gives him a huge advantage playing in Croke Park and I was like thinking, what bloody year is not a year that Dublin are going to play all their games at (laughs) Croke Park? (laughs) His skill set is perfectly suited to Croke Park but that's like every year, I don't know what Pillar's talking about there but he's right, it is immeasurable how much of a loss he's going to be and I genuinely think he's the most likable Dublin player across the country, and it's not a retirement that anybody wants to see, even his rivals.
2: No, no, I don't think so. As I said earlier on, people might have got giddy for a couple of minutes, but then realised that like they're actually being deprived of watching somebody as 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 good as Jack McCarthy. You know what? You kind of mentioned it there. Like the game had evolved to a level where where, you know, they, he didn't have like Jack, Jack McCaffrey was never the man who was going to stick tight to his, you know, his marker and be stuck in the defensive half, you know, for, for the entire game. It just, it, it just it, the way the game developed suited him absolutely perfectly. But just on that, while he wasn't a great man marker, like I think McCaffrey has spoken about this himself in the past that like he was a, still a pretty good defender when he got, especially when he got into close contact, really good at kind of turning over the ball and stuff like that. And I think he said that he used to, because he's known for kind of his drives up the pitch and the scores he used to get, he used to kind of pride himself when you know his teammates might congratulate him for turnovers or something like that but uh yeah. Just when you were mentioning it there as well, the one thing I can hold against Jack McCaffrey is he's never done it in a final against Mayo. So he <laughs> was time in twenty thirteen. He missed the final in twenty sixteen. And albeit an anterior cruciate ligament, he had to go off after a few minutes in twenty seventeen. So that's a regret that Jack will probably always carry with him for the rest of his life. Yeah,
0: it'll keep him awake at night, you know, when he's uh dreaming about the five in a row. There's no doubt about that. Poor Jack, how will we how how will he ever cope? Mirror, <laughs> the the intercounty schedule was obviously announced last Friday. Um it was it was last Friday, was it uh, Friday's my day off, and I kind of take a take a a, a break from from GA, But it was not last Friday, so there's right. no real there's no real standout in this. The the oh, final is the 19th of December. Like this is really novel. Like I mean, this year is just going to be um incredible. And the Joe McDonough Cup and the Lee McCarthy the hurler and hurler finals on the 13th of December. So like I mean, talking about kind of boring months, and you know, after the club. Provincial finals at the start of December. Jeez, We really have a lead into Christmas now. The, uh, New York aren't involved. London might be involved. They have to make a decision on that. Um, the the draw see the draw is Munster versus Connacht and Leinster versus Ulster. So that that's pretty much the takeaway, Conan, from from that from a football point of view
1: poor Desi Farrell because it's just everything is just stacked up against him, taking the job in December, the coronavirus hitting the whole season being cancelled, Jack McCaffrey leaving, and now it's great knockout. And it's not like you know, Dublin before have always had a chance for a quarter final and a super eight so to sort of get themselves up to that speed. They're going from probably what will be West Meath Legion Meath into Ulster Champions in the semi final, straight knockout. You know, so it is a bit more perilous for them this year and there's a bit of excitement in in, in that sense. But I was looking at that, you're talking about December 19th, I was looking at that thinking, I nearly want the championship to be this time all the time, because I've never looked forward to a winter as much as I am looking forward to this one.
0: Yeah, yeah. But okay, you might be feeling sorry for Desi Farrell. I'd have a little bit more sympathy for Westmead, who have one shot in a knockout and it's in Crow Park against <laughs> Dublin. <laughs> so, like, I mean, they're they know they're screwed. Like, I mean, whatever you say on a on a normal year, you'll say, Right, look, we'll go up and make a good account of ourselves and we'll we'll regroup for the qualifiers. Like, how how are their heads? Now, knowing that they've won game in October and are gone out out for the year, now they are in the shake up for the league of potentially getting promoted. So that's where their focus will lie, you know. But then the club club matches are leading into that as well. So it's definitely not easy. I would have more sympathy on Westmead than I would for Dublin. He's getting a nice little warm up into that All Ireland semi final. I like. I mean. It depends who comes out of Ulster. They'll still be strong favourites um no matter no matter who that is. An interesting early match is Cork away to Kerry Let's or mm-hmm. Kerry away to Cork. And that's on a mm-hmm. they've a home they've a home and away um home and away in agreement. There's talk that Donegal and Tyrone will be played in Croke Park. There's no talk of Cork and Kerry because Parky Keeve is but easily big enough. That's a huge banana skin um for Kerry here. Like Cork are a very improving team at home, a huge rivalry. Like, you could potentially see Kerry out in the middle of of October.
2: Yeah, what a shock that would be. Like, I mean, like every year, because they they inevitably meet, the Cork and Kerry have, there's a target for for Cork and Kerry in the background. They know they're going to meet Cork at some stage or Kerry at some stage, but they also know that, like, there's there's probably going to be a fallback as well, that if they lose, it's not the end of the world. Whereas, obviously, this year is completely different. Now, I didn't see a whole lot of, of Cork before. Um, before lockdown obviously because they were in Division 3 but like by all accounts like it's a very promising campaign it looked like dead set for for promotion and like there was signs towards the end of last year that they're clearly an improving outfit so while I'd still like, I'm, I'm still fully expecting Kerry to come out of it, even though it isn't Porky Queeve, But it does, like, uh, the thing with the, the Cork Kerry games the last couple of years that there hasn't been that kind of sense of buzz or anticipation about it because, well, inevitably, you expected Kerry to win, but also you knew that there was a fallback option there. There's, not, there's neither for either team, plus Cork are far closer to Kerry's pitch, I would imagine, than. Any time, maybe in the last four or five years. So, like of all the games, definitely Donegal's their own, but that's that's right up there as well.
0: Yeah, so they're a good start to them, those two ones. The hurling, um, you know, the standout um, points in the hurling uh, championship is that Lee McCarthy isn't a uh, straight knockout. So you have a second, you have a second chance with court, all of the quarterfinals. We know that's only because there's what eight or nine teams, ten teams. They can afford to have a, to have a, a a backdoor. The football can't. So like that's all understandable. An interesting one. The the draw was made for this, um, and Limerick have to play Clare um the winners of that play tipperary and the winners of that play waterford or cork who've gone straight into a semi-final so like jesus if limerick retain their or their monster title they're definitely doing it um the hard way and they're the, another important one is that their quarterfinal against Clare is also a league final. So the Limerick have been declared Division 1A champions and Clare Division 1B champions. So they're not only playing to get into the Munster semi-final, there they could be league champions and Munster semi-finalists as well. So that's an interesting one. The Joe McDonough Cup, as I mentioned already, that's, that final is going to be played the same day as the All-Ireland, which is fantastic. Mm. Usually the Joe McDonough Cup winners get back into the All-Ireland. I think the Joe McDonough Cup... Yeah um players would take sharing all our final day, you know, over potentially going back into it given the year that's in it, uh, Conan. You know, I don't see any I see no I see no complaints about any of this. I'm happy their time is very, very limited. They've given the club that little bit more. There's not much that there's not much they can do.
1: Yeah, I was actually wondering how you would feel as a as a leaseman and obviously the big day against Dublin last year. Um and that's that's been taken away and you know like the Joe McDonough cup teams are proven that they can play at that level but you're right like the fact that it's that it's this year and the fact that they're getting into Liam McCarthy next year then I suppose that does make up for I did just have a little bit of sympathy for them that they're not going to be involved this year
0: yeah, well, look again, but I suppose time constraints. Um, I haven't heard much given out. Usually, these the weaker counties can be a little bit like the club, where they're up in arms about things when they you know, they seem to be um, slighted a little bit. But I haven't heard any kind of complaining um, about that. Um, we're going to be very busy, right? So the provincial championships, the provincial championships will be run off on a week on week. Um, leading to the Munster and Leinster finals on the weekend of the 14th and 15th of November. The Connacht football final is also going to take place that weekend while three other provincial football championship finals will be played the following weekend. We have three provincial finals. We have the Munster, Ulster and Leinster on the same weekend and we have the Munster and Leinster hurling finals on the same weekend as the Connacht football final. We're not going to be able to travel to games anyways, lads. It's just going to have to be in front of the television to try and stay on top of everything. But ah, look, I'm looking forward to this. The only thing I'm worried about is potentially it being called off. Like, I mean, that wouldn't that be such a, a disaster if we saw a spike? Because it is a bit away. Like October is, I don't want to be kind of all doom and gloom and thinking very negatively about it. But it is a bit down the road and a lot can happen in the meantime.
2: Yeah, and I suppose conditions, we've talked about this already <clears throat> and I think kind of health experts have warned about it as well is that like conditions at that time of year, you're coming into flu season, you know, you're coming into, pe- people are, are likely to be a bit more kind of susceptible to, to, to picking up something at that time of year. So listen, we've been through, through so much, so fingers crossed. But um, just looking at the schedule as well, I mean, like there's there's been a couple of years where you've had three provincial finals maybe on the one weekend and we've been up in arms because, because there's a lot of free weekends that haven't been availed of and you're trying to, fit three matches into one weekend whereas this this year it's absolutely necessary so I know by two we'll, we'll probably be crying out for a break a week or two break come the middle of November.
0: Yeah that's the thing like I mean it, ah, look it's going to be exciting there's no doubt about that so it's some, it's definitely something to look forward to the GPA are happy with the with the structure anyways um, Paul Flynn said considering the unique circumstances we broadly welcome today's master intercounty fixture announcement which addresses and delivers upon some of those Um, The season will be completed in the calendar year, a closed season after the conclusion of the 2020 inter-county season, and the commencement of the 2021 season will be built into the calendar, and players will have at least three weeks, and in many cases, four weeks, between their involvement in club championship and the first inter-county championship match. So they're happy enough with the way way it's going. Um, CPA, not so happy. They've written to Tom Ryan, um, and they're looking for sanctions um, for counties who, who who are in breach of December 14th date, because there's obviously talk of some counties being back um, together. They're not supposed to be. Um, September the 14th is the date they're given. And the more you think about it, I suppose, you know, it's not that bad. September 14th until October Seventeenth is the start of the national league, and then it's two more weeks until the start of the championship. So, outside of your semi-finals and finalists, look, it's not ideal, but it's what they have, and they're breaking it. So, the problem here is is that Croke Park are not intending on on sanctions for counties breaking this September fourteenth, and it's like, what's the point in giving a date? um conan if you don't want to punish counties who are who are flaunting it so john horan says we're not intending to give sanctions he said we'd like people to call them out but we're not actually intending to pose any penalties. Like, what, what kind of, what's the point of that nonsense? Like, so did CPA have written to Tom Ryan and have said, said that any county in breach of it, they want a removal from all 2020 competitions? Now, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think that's a bit severe. But at the same time, some sort of because what we the, the 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 guilty parties here are county board officials. What scares county board officials? Money. They can't raise it. In often cases, they're useless. And they depend on handouts. You cut that off, and they'll soon pull in line. I think you know a removal from 2020 competitions. That's that's punishing players. You know, I don't think that's the right way to go about it. But there, there absolutely has to be sanctions. It's crazy that there are no sanctions.
1: Like if there's no sanctions or punishment, then there's no rule. Like that. That's yeah. The reason you have a rule is if you break it, then you get punished. But now, if you're not going to be punished, then it's not really a rule. It's almost like. It's just a suggestion. You shouldn't go back until September fourteenth. But if you yeah. do, then we'll not do well. what's the point of me calling somebody out? Like, why does John Horn want me to call somebody out if he's not going to do anything about it anyway? Yeah, do you know how, uh, how, <laughs> did,
0: how did like when they gave the when they gave the dates for back to play and opening your pitches were there sanctions about that or like why didn't why didn't counties just say half oh, forget about that? I'm not following that the way they don't they do. They're just choosing not to follow this. How is one rule followed to the letter of the law? Like you know that it was obviously it's serious enough, and the, and the other on the other hand, you know this 14th is just like it doesn't even exist. It's 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 like it's nothing.
1: <laughs> I I don't know, and but like the problem there is that the CPA then have gone too extreme. You know to a stage where nobody's going to really listen to it. So like. Like fair enough, I know like you want a black and white rule, but you're saying like throw them out of the competition. That's again, it's just not reasonable. Like if they had to come forward with some sort of reasonable suggestion, then it would have been listened to a bit more, I think, or especially by the by the public. And like we're talking about Jack McCaffrey there. What I find very interesting is that. Well, two and a half months before they're supposed to be back he feels the need to say that he's he's retired. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's like why is he saying that now and that's September fourteenth for whatever like maybe he just wants to give him a heads up but I just wonder how many teams are starting to talk and starting to meet and um, yeah, it just seems like it just seems very early for Jack McCaffrey to make a decision like that.
0: Well, this, the GPA, Paul Flynn is is complaining about the September 14th date. So he wrote to the members, he said a return to intercounty training prior to September 14th. Um, once a club players club championship involvement comes to an end remains on our agenda. The GPA will continue to engage with the GA on this matter and also on the provision of COVID-19 protocols, etc. Right. So. Paul Flynn makes a point, right? So the championship in most counties is starting on July 31st, 1st of August. And most of them are having that and a backdoor. So you'll play your first match on the weekend of the 1st of August, whatever that weekend is, the 31st of July. And then you'll have a backdoor, sometimes two one week later, sometimes two weeks later, grand. So half the clubs in the county could be out in mid-August. And you've no team then to train for until mid-September. So yeah. there is a point to be made there like I mean county players will be just scratching their arses and not being covered by insurance when the best thing for them to do because Conor there'll be no club league games while the county championships going on you know what I mean it's, and what, yeah. what you know it's it's, some, it's, just, it's very complicated lads you know what I mean and it's it's kind of a tug of war between everything and the CPR saying no training for September 14th that's lousy on maybe half the county players in the in the county that have no team to train with for 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 a month and with very important matches coming up the following month.
2: Yeah, like like to me, there seems to be like resignation, like amongst uh, in a lot of counties and amongst a lot of clubs already that like, well, what's the point in in putting this kind of 14th September date in place anyway, when counties are just going to breach it and go training themselves? And I was just looking even at the CPA Twitter account um, this morning and they're like, there was a couple of retweets from from there the must have been club players in me and Kerry, I saw to say, to say that like there's already clashes between, and these are ups, substantiated by the way, but already clashes between, you know, nights that the County players want to train or meet up on zoom and stuff like this. Uh, and they're missing club sessions of results. So like, I, I don't know whether I'm missing, missing a point here or something, but I'm just wondering why there can't be a more sensible provision that like, if, if, you know if if it's going to be nearly accepted the counties are going to be training during this period anyway is there not a provision to say that they could maybe train with their county team one night a week or something like that and at least then you know kind of everyone's on the same page at least they know that they're doing it rather than rather than there being such resentment amongst club players that like well they're not meant to be training but they're training anyway yeah so i I don't know i i just thought that but that would be more sensible maybe there's something that, that that prevents that that i'm not seeing
0: the the important thing, I suppose, is like the Derry model, uh, Conan, in that Rody Gallagher, you know, teams are going to be playing right through August and half of September, guaranteed. So, like, I mean, that kind of syncs up with the September 14th much better. The problem is with counties playing a knockout, straight knockout, which is outrageous, a knockout with one back door, It doesn't sync up with the 14th. So it's on the county board because let's let's be honest here. And I want to break some news to club players listening. County players prefer playing county than club. I'm sorry to break it to you, but they do. It's the ultimate. It is the highest level. That's what they dream about. Like, they love playing with their club. They love it, but they'll never love it as much as playing in Crow Park. (laughs) Like Let's be honest here. On a big big championship day with a buzz. So these are the lads that are being torn everywhere in this tug of war. And they are club men, and they love their club. I don't doubt that for a second. But, like, if it comes down to a choice... That's, I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry, but the majority of county players that are also club players will choose the county because, like, if you've any ambition to be the best player around and the buzz of it, and the, you know, it's just it's in, it's incredible compared. County club football then is a completely different kettle of fish. It's still great in a different way, but it doesn't compare.
1: Yeah. And, and like ambition is one thing, but it's commitment is the other one, and the amount of time and sacrifice that they're given. I listened to Thomas O'Shea, and he had an interview with uh Kieran McGinney on his new podcast. Listen to it after the GAR with <laughs> yeah, of but um, he was he was just sort of making that point. It's like you're giving up so much of your time over the last few years to the county setup, like you know, because that's the highest standard, that's elite level, and you have to do that. You know, you're not doing that at club level, so it's natural that you're going to want to. Keep doing that for the county because that, that's the standard you need to hit. And now, when they're supposed to be training with the club, they're going to want to be training with the county. He was saying the players themselves will want to be out with the county as well because, like, they know they're going to have to be doing that if they want to push on. And they haven't made all these sacrifices, eaten right, snap right, you know, train right for the last few years just yeah. to sort of piss it away and uh, mess around.
0: Because some players will be with good clubs with good strength and conditioning, mm. good, you know, training standards, but you'll have a lot of players that won't be Connor. Like, I mean, and they will fall behind without being in that elite. It'd be like asking the elite uh, Olympians here, I tell you what, take a break off that, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> elite training squad, go back to your local club. And then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks before the Olympics, just rejoin that elite squad again. Like The, the, the reality, there are people off their heads here about the reality of, of this this kind of situation.
2: I did, and I think that's been lost in the whole in the whole argument about this. It's been kinda of like any kind of any kind of point made in favour of the kind of intercounty game or that that supports the, the resumption of the inter-county game has kind of been seen as elitist or anything like that. That that that's not the case. Like you can you can as you as you kind of made the point there, like the club game is still absolutely brilliant as well, but that doesn't mean that like you know, that doesn't mean that you just have to abandon intercounty for a season, whatever, or that inter-county players are just gonna abandon their counties in favor, you know, in, in 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 favor of their clubs either. The, 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 the two the two can coexist. And granted, this this year is is completely different from anyone else, and there there has to be kind of um, has to be kind of concessions made on both sides. But I I just I have kind of I've noticed that from afar that that's kind of been I think that's been like like inter counties county players desire for, for to play for their county as well as their club has been lost a little bit in this argument.
0: Yeah, we know this and we were blue in the face saying it, that county boards are the issue here. Like it's not necessarily Croke Park. It's not the inter-county players that are being pulled in two directions. This is county boards. And if they all did it like Derry's, where every club's involvement would lead right up or in around September the 14th, then they could move, you know, into the county training. Paul Flynn wouldn't be able to say what he's saying then. He wouldn't be looking for them. The whole problem is county boards. The whole problem is Croke Park not telling county boards a minimum three games has to be given to to club teams, organize it. You know, there there isn't any leadership on this. And this is the problem. And like, I mean, this is where the club players are suffering. The inter-county players are suffering. And of course, I'm complimenting the Derry one until the point where they've taken right up to the 11 weeks, which I'm not, I don't agree with. I think they could have played a little bit more ball. We'll get to Joe Broly's piece in the paper review in part two. They could have played a little bit more ball with Rory Gallagher. Um, But like, I mean, there has to be, there has to be a balance. And at the moment, it's at the moment, let's be honest, Conan. just to wrap up in this. It's an absolute mess. It's a mess because Croke Park are not leading this. And county boards are useless, and we've been saying this since we started the podcast. And I've been saying it since I started in the media. I've been saying it all my life, only I didn't have people to be telling outside of teammates <laughs> um, that that they that they are useless, and they're not good. It's not good enough. And this is absolute proof that a lot of county boards have not been. Good enough, and Michael Dignan, You have Barker in Derry have been good enough, and you know why? Because they're strong enough to be able to stand up and say, "Hang on a minute, I'm in charge here." Now, again, Barker went a bit too far, taking the 11, full eleven <laughs> weeks. But you, you, <laughs> well, take, they, you, you take my point.
1: Yeah, Derry have actually like just there a couple of days ago. I think it was Friday or day off. They've moved it forward a week now, so their finals are in the third and fourth of October. Ah, look, so I love, it, I love oh,
0: Stephen Barker. I love him. I absolutely <laughs> love him.
1: <laughs> you must be listening to the podcast. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and like you're right. Like we talk, we, you talked before about the professionals in crew park. Like it's it's such a bad way of doing it anyway in any organization. You know where it's just you just delegating, like you sort that out, like you know, and that's that's what they do from crew park down to counties. Just they've got county boards they can look after. But it's matter in this scenario where you've got professionals in crew park and experienced people who are then passing it on to, as you say, it, often amateurs. Do you know, what? Yeah. it's like you know you just deal with it, and everybody's doing their own thing. It's that's crazy.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a total another mess. And the solution will be with Crow Park by imposing sanctions and by maybe telling county boards, you know, in some way, a guideline of what to do. Like, I mean, because they, they don't, they're clearly not doing it, doing it right. Dublin's club um, football, I saw you giving out about this, Conan. there's no promotion or relegation. I don't know if I even get my head around why there wouldn't be like, I mean, everyone's in the same boat, you know, like, I mean, there's promotion and relegation in the league in Dublin when you don't have county players for a lot of them. Like, I mean, why would they not just scrap promotion and relegation in the league? If, if there's, you know what I mean? If they were, why are they doing that? It takes a lot of the cutthroat element out of it. And I don't know why they, they, they need to do it. Maybe you might have a bit more of an insight into
1: that. I, I, I don't, I don't get the thinking so I can understand maybe like the rationale behind no relegation because the TA have been very good to say to people like you don't have to play if you don't want to don't put yourself under risk if you don't want to you know we all understand that everybody's got families and whatever else so don't play if you're worried about it so maybe in yeah, that but, sense they're thinking yeah, maybe, relegation you think, Yeah, you think that's what they're thinking because that could be the situation next year that could be
0: the situation when three lads on the team are injured and they can't play you know yeah. I, I, just, I think they're
1: overthinking that well, th- this is it. Like, so I would sort of think, well, either it's safe to play or it's not. Like, you know, I could b- break my leg, you know, next year. You yeah. know, and then, you know, suddenly, should we say there's no relegation because scaries are down a, a, <laughs> an <Yeah>. average <laughs> wing forward? Like, you, know? <laughs> um, you know, but that uh, de- like definitely the no promotion thing is absolute bollocks. But like, as you say, as well, everybody's in the same boat. But I was sort of thinking of this year, of all years, it's probably the time where the championship is going to be at its strongest because it's segregated it's not broken up it's on its own it's before county yeah. you know there's there's less of a time window so you might actually have players coming back who might not have always come back and you know this could be the most accurate reflection you get of a deserving winner and it's just, especially in Dublin right? like it's harder I understand that you know around the country there's a lot of say like a, an intermediate club like you know there, there are clubs here intermediate because of their size and whatever else but most of the clubs in Dublin are big with the potential to get bigger and the, the sort of format is always just to sort of move through the division. So it's like Senior B is designed to just get into Senior A. It's not really a thing. There's no Leinster. There, there's there's mm. Senior B is made up by Dublin as a sort of holding pattern. So yeah, imagine like you know St. Bridget's who got relegated last year, completely like you know out of the blue, they're now in Senior B. Probably would have thought we need to bounce straight back into Senior A. No, they can't. They're Senior B again next year. And like you look right down through, like there's intermediate teams, there's Junior A, B, C, D, E. You know, when if you won the championship this year, it's it's like obviously you will be happy you won the championship, but it's a bad year to win it because you are just not going to push on like you like you deserve to. I, I can't I can't get my head around it and like there's a lot of clubs who who are now objecting and there's some senior A clubs who are even sort of joining in on that, even though it's suits of senior A clubs, like because there's no relegation. Yeah it's, yeah. it's just this sort of bonus territory, but they're sort of lending their support. And and then even just from our sort of registration point of view, like you pay club membership and it's dear, but a lot of that is being paid towards League, which there is none anymore. And it's been paid towards Cups and it's been paid towards a championship, which has now changed, you know, so I can I can definitely understand if I was an intermediate team, especially a senior B team, I would be incensed. Like, you know, what's what's the point of playing if you can't push on?
0: Yeah, no, I I, I would agree with that. Are, are they going round robin? They're going round robin, and then a semi-final, final is that the way they're doing it?
1: Ah, uh, it's the same setups from So round robin, then quarterfinal, semi-final, final. So, um, so the structure of anyway. it is perfect.
0: The structure of it is perfect. It's just it's not really the relegation promote. It's the promotion thing really is the big thing. Yeah. Um, for a lot of clubs, which I would agree with. Um, last one, lads, is David Goff is out. I think there's an element of an attention seeker with David Goff. You know, I've softened on him after that. All learned final performance. He was outstanding, but this is now, waiting to read these quotes to you, This is the greatest load of nonsense I've ever heard. So he's, he's not refereeing this year. Um, He says, as long as there is social distancing still in place, I won't be taking charge of club matches in Mead for the foreseeable future. It's only two months since two metres seem to be a life and death matter. If I go to town now, I have to be two metres away from someone and wear a face mask at the same time, which is HSE advice. So I don't understand how I can safely be in a confined space with 30 plus people on a football field and be socially distant. Until that changes, I won't be coming back. Now, if you are telling me that a football pitch is a confined space, well, I don't, then then you, a supermarket might as well be buried underground. Like, I mean, this is ridiculous. Like a confined space, the, a GA pitch is the opposite of a confined space. It's out in the bloody air, and thirty people running around a pitch like that can easily, and we were speaking last week, um, I won't um, go to you straight away, Connor. on this, because I know you love David Goff, I'll go to Connor. i go, <laughs> go to <laughs> I mean We were even, we were even, well, I'm not saying you hate him, but, um, they, they, like, that's a Twitter thing, you either love him or you hate him, you can't just be in the middle anymore. <laughs> and anything. So, like, I mean, this is the this is the way he he's worried about the confined space. And then he says the same thing as John Horan says three months ago. As long as there's social distancing in place, I won't be doing it. Jo- I think John Horan polluted the whole country's minds with that nonsense he spoke on the Sunday game, completely unchecked by Des Cahill um, in May.
2: Yeah, well like I just I just wonder about David Goff that like when when he will be coming back because like will there not be some sort of social distancing requirement until there is a yeah. vaccine could be wrong on that so like if David Goff is taking that stance it could be a while before he's he's back refereeing ga games like, I, I don't know really like it's, this is this is an individual's prerogative you know we, we, we chatted last week about like what we thought about like referees not being the same as club players because it's not as if they're American people. And like, obviously, like the only times that referees really get close to people, if they pull them, pull them into them to book them or something like that. But they don't have to do that. They can book that book. They can do that from a couple of meters away. Yeah. But I, like this is I mean, it's his prerogative. I mean, the whole thing that G.A. stance on this is that been, you know, there's going to be no pressure applied while I might, I you know, no pressure applied to somebody who doesn't feel comfortable. I might necessarily agree with him, but he did mention you know stuff about his family members as well. That you know that that do games of him and stuff. So he's, he's conscious of them. It's it, it's not the stance I take, but yeah, it's it's they, it, it's his prerogative. So to know what else I can really say about that. Yeah,
0: the family members are standing on two posts. So like I mean, they can. They, they, I don't think they're high risk either. I just find it very unusual that he would pull out um, for that and to say it's a confined space. And if David Goff's so worried about that, how does he go down to the supermarket then? Like, are you telling me you'll queue up with two meters apart? But when you're in the actual supermarket, someone can just kind of walk past him. What do they do? Freak out and jump out of the way and jump away two two meters? Like, I mean, the reality is that the, as long as there's social distancing in place, that's best practice. Like, this has practically gone out of the community. I think this is overreacting. I'm a little bit annoyed about it because he's he's the best referee in the game at the moment. And I just don't see his reasons as being in again, like Connor says, I'm starting to feel bad now as I'm giving out about him, saying that everybody's entitled to make their own decisions. I just thought ref I actually thought going out and refereeing a game, Connor would be lower risk than going to the supermarket, because the supermarket is a confined space and people can just walk past you. Whereas on a football field, Jesus, sure, so you're out in the fresh air and the the the, the medical advice has told us that it's very, very low risk out in the, out in the fresh air.
1: Yeah, so what? grips so groups of 100 outside, like, you know, so 30, 31 people in a, what is it, 145 by 90 or something? It was massive, <laughs> yeah, massive areas. But scholars yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> is up to him or whatever. But I did find it interesting. He said he won't be taking charge of any club games and me. Now, he didn't say he wasn't going to be taking charge of any inter county games. So he uh, still. No, he did. No, he did.
0: He confirmed inter county as being the same um, in the same boat
1: ah for god's sake I was just thinking ah well you know, tough, tough shit me <laughs> will take him for the county game <laughs> but sure, he, I, couldn't,
0: uh, he couldn't possibly not do one for those reasons and do the other
1: <laughs> well you know maybe a few months down the line he'll feel a bit better about it all
0: yeah maybe he'll change his mind anyways listen um again I have to put the disclaimer in it said David's entitled to do whatever he wants and um, that's fair enough right we'll come back with a paper review
1: Somebody said it's as ugly as Marty Morris here for bollocks.
0: Wee body in furnace. he wouldn't know a penalty if it bit him in the arse. I mean.
1: What is the point of this? They swear allegiance to the cult of Cairn. But I tell you what, you can forget about Sean Kavanagh as far as he's a man.
0: Is managing mead at some stage in for the rest of your life a pebble in your shoe that you want to get out? <laughs> no, I think I've got over that. <laughs> Have you? Uh, if, if I went to do that, sure, who'd keep from Joe Brawley on the Sunday game? and <laughs> You couldn't expose the nation to him on his own, could you? So the Sunday Independent lads are on fire this weekend. So they have the exclusive Dermot Crowe has um, with Jack McCaffrey. I think Donika Boyle has the exclusive with um, with David Goff um, not um, going to referee. You have another piece on the front from Eamon Sweeney, who is a Muppet as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not going to comment on his piece. And then you have the heavy hitters inside the paper, Joe Brawley and... Colin O'Rourke um, with half a page each, along with Dermot Crowe doing kind of a little bit of a case study on a few different clubs, which is good as well, but I don't think we have time to get into that. Um, we might talk about um, Broly and O'Rourke um, first. I'm going to start with Broly, as they always do, because I like it. And he was talking about falling out of love. And look, listen, it's elitist stuff, lads. It's not like we haven't read a piece like this from Joel, um, before He doesn't like the way soccer turned out. He stopped supporting Arsenal in 2004 because of elitism and there's no connection between supporters and players and the club and supporters are just seeing, you know, they're being used for their money pretty much. And players don't care about the club. They just care about their profession. And, You know, a a lot of that I can kind of understand. Um, I'm kind of lost a bit of interest in soccer myself, if I'm being honest, only because it's very hard to sit through 90 minutes of it a lot of the time. Um, Not so much the elitist um, end of it. But then he starts talking, eventually gets the GEA like a good bit into it. And he starts talking about the the dropout rate which is it's it's phenomenal really some of these stats he said so the dropout rate in Gaelic games is a national disgrace in almost every sport if a player continues to play until he or she is twenty, then he or she is likely to play is likely to play on until um, their 30s, not in our games. The RSI has found that in hurling and camogie, the dropout rate is 60%. In Gaelic football, it's almost 75%. That is outrageous. He says, think about that. In an association supposedly based on participation, social cohesion, seventy percent, 75% of our young women and men quit in their prime. Um, and then he says, as elitism, elitism takes hold, the resulting disconnect means that they'll have be switching from participation to fandom. Like, I mean, those those stats. Like, I mean, it is all connected, Conan. I suppose to you know the the programs clubs get now. There, there. I would say a dropout rate in most sports would be high in that age bracket as 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 um, people go to college, you know, and have other things in their lives. Like
1: it's. <laughs> such a tough one because you can't come back from it like part of me thinks that the problem with this dropout in the ga is because it's just so competitive and you know no matter how like what standards you're at people want to push on and and a lot of clubs they only have one or two max you know teams so it's not like you've got so many levels where you can just drop down to you know know, so then like it's natural then when you're a club and you've, you've been playing from underage it's what can we do, you know, to to push on? And like, you know, people have to go to the gym and they have to train early and they have to, you know, and, and they're being hounded, you know, from November to October, basically, yeah. uh, and they you were know, been been texted and been told to live right. And I genuinely think that's that's probably the big thing. But I, I don't know how you come back from that. Like the thing, if you were like, I think Brawley always used the example of soccer. Like, you know, why wouldn't they just go and play soccer on a Sunday morning? But like that's easier to do because there's so many soccer teams and you can just play for a Sunday morning league team and not have to train. Yeah. Can't they really do that with your club and there's nowhere else you can go? Like you, yeah. know, you can't just drop off and play some social GA there's no such thing. So I, I just don't know how you come back. In a way, it's a good thing that it's so competitive and it keeps getting better and standards keep going higher. But it's obviously a bad thing as well because people are just thinking this is this is too much it's too much mentalism like when i get worn down it's always mental it's never physical but always, it's just the text messages and stuff like that that i feel but um yeah i i just don't know how you roll back well that's a
0: fair point connor which i didn't really think about so there's one senior team 30 panel members and there's one intermediate team or a junior team with 30 panel members and every year there's 30 people coming up off an under 21 team to join those 60 people you know what I mean? There's not room for ev- there isn't room for everybody. Every year you've another thirty coming. Every year you have another thirty coming. Every year you've another thirty coming. And there's only two panels that they can make. So there is going to be a big dropout rate.
2: Yeah, I I hadn't really thought about it like that much either, but Conan kind of, kind of makes a good point about that and it being competitive and just the, the kind of mental kind of uh impact it has on you kinda of, and it's been especially when you're doing the year after year as well. I mean like the solution to that is is far is far more complex. So like the like the the one thing that the GA can fix, and I, I, like we've, we've mentioned this earlier on, and this comes down to county boards. Is that like one of the one of the main things that the club players will always say is that like because there's no fixed calendar, because you know a club player goes into a year looking at the looking at the year ahead, looking at the season ahead, and he doesn't know, can't plan ahead. You know, can't plan for holidays, can't plan for big dates or anything like that because he mightn't hear about them until, you know, the, like county boards are often at the whim of the county team. So they're like, it's it's, it, it's the club here that kind of bears the brunt of that. But like, that's, but that's I, I like that, 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 that's only kind of one of the reasons. Like that, the 75% kind of struck, struck me as massive, especially for Gaelic, Gaelic football until you kind of dig down into it. And you think that like that, that dropout rate probably is high, at that age group, like, it, like the classic stories of how many people who were brilliant minors and then the drink took them or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So like I'd say it would be natural, natural uh, naturally high, sorry. But I think the only, I, I think the only kind of um, definite, the definitive change that they could make to probably alleviate that situation for club players is to fix the calendar first and then to de- uh, dive more deeply sorry into the reasons that the Conan mentioned and, and why players are getting mentally fatigued and why you know to provide more of a social outlet for people who might not be as serious as others
0: yeah he said it, he said in the piece strikingly the board did not consult with Rory Gallagher the senior football manager they simply informed him Again, he's talking, saying that as a positive. I think that's outrageous. Again, we spoke about that last week. I honestly think that is completely out of order, that your county manager, while you go from one extreme of them having too much power to them just being treated like a piece of dirt. Like, I mean, for me, that's not good enough. And it shouldn't be championed as in the right way to do things. Just one other piece from his uh, article, which I thought was very good. Um, he obviously spoke about Derry's structure. He spoke about their county board um, um members and how well qualified they are like i mean y- you know that you have uh, an it director um which is stephen baker you have um a director uh, the treasurer is martin devlin director of a major enterprise hub. kira mccory is a pro an it consultant who's responsible for the we are dairy campaign they're all young fellas in their 30s and 40s and then there's kira mckeever his old teammate um, you know he is a director of his own construction company so all these things lads like isn't when when you see this like fellas who know about running an organisation like and this is just looked that there you have got these fellas in place where other counties might have i don't know like i mean a, a retired salesman or a retired guard or something who no disrespect to those professions wouldn't have any experience of of running businesses and it's just a matter of pot luck a lot of the time of who you get to run the company. But this is what Kieran McKeever told Joe Brawley. And I, I t- a lot of this is, is fair enough. He said, we had gone to a bad place, Division 4, uh, because of the disconnect between the county team and the clubs and the county board and the clubs. Everything hangs together. In a small county like ours, we need the clubs to flourish. We need the clubs to be passionate about the county teams. This can only happen if the clubs feel res- uh, respected and cherished. That makes sense to me, uh, Conan. Like, I mean, there is a huge disconnect in Derry with the county team. I think some of that is due to the football that was played. Some of it is due to club players being so disgruntled by their situation. They're like, they they, they kind of hate the county team because it's that's their fault. And that's the disconnect. And I do think Kieran McKeever makes a good point that if the club players aren't flourishing, they won't love the county team because they'll see the county team has uh, having, you know, been the
1: cause of this? Well, I, don't, I don't see any part of that kind of thing as well, whereas I think yeah. when the club scene flourish I, th- I think you see a lot of Dublin supporters, a lot of just club players that go, but almost feel like, you know, indirectly responsible because you're part of this massive operation that, that's pushing on these class players. You know, whereas in Derry, like they had to go, undergo this whole new restructuring of their junior teams because they had cut off. There was only six clubs at junior level for a while. You know, so there was a lot of clubs that were just getting cut off, whereas They've done a lot of good work over the last few years, but you don't have to go that far back to remember the days, you know, where everyone in the game was just as disgruntled with a dairy board as it would have been with any other county. And and you say sometimes it's potluck luck and like you put I think Brawley in that piece mentioned Stephen Barker, you know, playing in his twentieth year for Money More and like, you know, he's a brilliant goalkeeper and everybody would would recognise Stephen Barker and they'd have fond memories of him playing. And like he, he became secretary of his club, you know, when he was a teenager and then became chairman when he was 24, 25 or whatever. So you know these boys have just sort of been there, at the grassroots level, and everyone sort of in the club scene knows them. And you know, Kieran McCrory, you mentioned a great lad. And then, I suppose when these people are now running the county board, and yeah, it's probably natural that you feel feel part of it, and then hopefully, like you know, maybe this year, maybe next year, you'll start to see that reflected in the support for the county team.
0: Uh, yeah, Colin O'Rourke has a piece there as well. He says, Farce follows tragedy in club county power play. A lot of this is stuff we've covered already, so I'm not going to go too much into it. He kind of contradicts himself here. He says, Croke Park can hardly be blamed for this mess. The leadership, leadership set out their stall and provided the windows, which seemed fair and reasonable, withdrew insurance for county teams and told county boards to do what they're supposed to do, look after their clubs. You know, and then he just says a little bit longer, a little bit further down. Of course, Croke Park officials could call in chairpersons and tell them to do their job. Um, but there must be sanctions if this is to work. So, like, Croke Park can be blamed then, Colin. I'm not really sure what he's saying there. And then he you know, takes a pot at the GPA. He says, this was also an ideal opportunity for the GPA to call on members to abide by the rules. Instead, um, instead, the best it could do was look after the insurance to be reinstated earlier so counties could officially resume before the September date. Again, I don't think it's fair on the play on to put this onto the players. It's not fair for Colin O'Rourke to ask the GPA to do that. Right. Listen, don't train with your county and embarrass yourself on the big games a a month later. Stick with your club. Jeez, i just like i've said county players don't want to do that they would take the county one day a week if they could any day of the week just to stay in that high performance environment like i mean why here's the thing uh why does everybody say dublin have an advantage over everybody else because of sports science and money you know and, and all the advantages that they have we're, 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 then we're just you're just completely contradicting that argument if you're saying that club club training is preparation for intercounty it's, it's completely illogical isn't it
2: yeah, yeah, like um, I don't know, like. I think he went. The Rock nearly went out of his way to have a dig at the GPA. Like he's, I think he's, so. He's no fan of the GPA. I think anyone who reads his columns regularly will will kind of will know that. But like, I don't know. I I kind of agree with you, Wooly. There when he said like there was. Uh, putting it on the players, I didn't really agree with that. Like he made some good points about the the CPA and maybe clubs just taking you know being being stronger about this whole situation. But he used one line as well. He's he's on about the caliber of people who play inter county GA and not sticking up for their clubs to say to say in front of you know their county manager. Well, I'm. You know, I'm saying I'm going to stick with my club here. That's a lot yeah. of pressure to put on somebody. If you're madness,
0: not- madness. It's not going to happen. Even the yeah. most comfortable fellas on a squad would be uncomfortable. St- you know, putting it up to the county manager like that.
2: Yeah, he said like players who lack courage in times of peace won't have it in war. Like it's 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 a good line, but it's it's a bit unfair. On like like even as you said, even the most even the most comfortable, even the most established player. Would have an issue with saying that in front of an entire dressing room. Um, and makes-
0: another thing, Connor, like they don't want to say it for starters because they love yeah, playing yeah. with the county. Like they're dreaming about this October start date of these big games. Like I mean, I don't know if people have a proper understanding of this at all.
2: Yeah, well, as I said earlier, I think this is kind of getting lost in it. That like the like in a good way, I suppose the plight of the club player has been highlighted a lot in the in the last few weeks. But like at the same time, there's there hasn't been an awful lot of focus on. Um, on what this what it means to the what it means to the county player like we're we're people asking county players what they would have thought of if the, if the, if, the, if the if as some suggested the inter county championship should just be abandoned completely and focus on club. Do you know what I mean? Which is which is unfair and this kind of um, there's parts of there's parts of this piece as well which I I would deem unfair on on inter county players too.
0: And that's, the, and that's the thing, and uh, most people are in agreement that nobody wants games behind closed doors because the intercounty game, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be the same. Well, that's what most club games are like, uh, Colin. Like, I mean, these are behind closed doors games with no huge buzz or excitement about it outside of, you know, pride in the parish. But again, I'll repeat myself, they cannot compare to Kerry, Cork, Iparky Keeve, and they can't, for players now I'm talking about you know, so like putting, like Color O'Rourke trying to put this on the players to do the, to 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 stand up to the county manager, they don't want to, they don't want to do it.
1: Yeah. How, how can you, and how can you compare that? Like, as you say, Kerry Carr, Parky Keeve, under lights, you know, knockout. Uh, uh, Donegal, Tyrone, Croke Park, maybe under lights, knockout. It's just, it's just different level. And again, the fact that these players know that they're going to be knocked out or they could be knocked out after one game, like they don't, they don't want to risk anything here at this stage and, let alone just for, like for standing up in the in the club dressing room, and it should for not be applauded for bringing a bit of realism and a bit of pragmatism to this rather than just going along with the bullshit? He knows the club teams or county teams are going to try and get back early, so why not actually address that head on?
0: Yeah, now look, I mean, it's not like a complete defence of the GPA. Like the GPA have the power to have fixed this whole structure long ago if they really had the bottle to do it, and they're still floundering around this. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we know the GPA like they got the grants through, they have the power of the county game, which is the which is the, the, the cash cow of the GEA. And if they forced through a restructure and and said either trash this out, get it sorted, or there'll be no National League next year, it would be done. And we wouldn't be going year after year, you know? And like, I mean, I think this year, the one thing this year has shown us, um, Conan, is that the inter-county game could run from March until the end of July. And then every year, Every club championship starts on the first of August. You know, maybe barring the All Ireland champions, who'd start a week later, and the the All Ireland club season runs right into the middle of December with All Ireland semi-finals and finals in Crook Park. You know, in good weather to make, or not in good weather, in good underfoot conditions. Um, You know, I think. This year has shown that one can end in uh, at the end of July. And it's a good blueprint of seeing how most counties can get theirs run, you know, by mid-September, October. Then we're looking, you know, at provincial club championships and maybe November then as well. Although if it started at the start of July with all Ireland club finals in the middle of December, every county could have round robins, you know, guaranteeing three games.
1: Yeah, there's just, just an awful lot of faffing around drags, it drags that drags out. Even like, uh, I know a lot of people were complaining about the club, like no Leinsters and no Ulsters and no All-Irelands for the clubs. And they were blaming the sort of the small window that the county teams have been given. But I'm sort of looking at that going, well, like what's happening in January? What happens in January again? We go back to McKenna Cup and like, you know, all this rubbish like, that could just be taken. out. You actually could have an opportunity of having your your Club Provincials and Club All-Ireland in January, February and it would end exactly the same way it ends normally. You know, but they're not doing that because they want to go back to this stupid season like that they have so much crap thrown into and it's spread out over 10 months.
0: Yeah. And while Paul Flynn seems to be uh, strong enough uh GPA leader, they haven't flexed their muscles regarding a strike since the the grants, which they successfully got through, and that was much more controversial because the the grassroots didn't want it was seen as pay for play. Anyways, we'll have to move on here to Sunday Times. Um, Michael Foley has a couple of pieces in there. I'm not going to get into it because we're running out of time here. Line of duty is the name of the piece, and Colum Horkins uh, murder reopens wounds for a community in Mayo who lost two other Garrity in 1980. Connor, unless you've something to add about that one. Um, I'm not really sure what we can say about that. If we're being honest, it was obviously a terrible tragedy. What happened, Colin Hawkins?
2: Yeah, it, no. Well, just to say, uh, well, just because, like, I, I feel I should mention it because um, the, the two other guards mentioned in the piece, uh, Henry Byrne and John John Morley, both played for my own club for Kilmarnock. Oh, very uh, good. So that happened. Um, that obviously happened in 1980s, so a long time ago now. So, but they they were they were commemorated in a memorial tournament that used to take place in Kalchama right up until 2010. So, um, so like it was always a huge deal, and it was always a huge deal in the parish. but the guards always used to send send down a team, like a really good team as well made up of local guards from you know Mayo Galway that that, that direction, and like the really competitive games and really meant a lot to our club until the last everyone was was 2010 and there was a, there was a plaque unveiled to to Henry Byrne and John Morley that that still stands in, the, in our club gym. It was unveiled by the Garda commissioner on the day so just because just when you, when you mentioned that piece, uh, just to mention uh, the the, the calchemar to it but um as well as that i just thought that the piece on colin morgan was really nice and just got to the the heart of the impact he kind of made on made on the local community and and how much of a shock it really was that down in mayo here for when when the news was revealed there a couple weeks ago
0: yeah great stuff so in the the irish mail on sunday uh philip Lanigan. um talks to Turlock O'Brien and the minute I saw this I went how long do I have to read before Turlock starts giving out about the tier two Mm. Um, and the answer was maybe two thirds in which was grand I was reading it away and that was fine I just know this is coming this is coming this is coming and bang here we go so um, I think there's a good lesson here for everyone and I go back to tier two competition so you know he didn't need to be prompted on it (laughs) Um, <laughs> everybody everybody can compete if they're given the tools to do it. Yeah, if you drop 15 men inside your 45, they can compete, he said. But this hiving off of counties into a Tier 2 competition, I feel it will do more long-term da- damage. When you look at professional sport and how they can um, take actions, positive discrimination, if you like. In the NFL, where they have the draft for the weakest team, the UEFA are supposedly doing financial fair play here we are a volunteer amateur organisation and we don't seem to be able to imagine other ways of doing things i was just reading that and i was thinking um connor like we can't even get Crow park to put to put sanctions on county boards who blatantly flaunt their, their dates and rules like will we set up a draft system we won't will we introduce financial fair play not a chance of it will we pool dublin's sponsorship money not a bloody hope of it they won't even hold county boards to account for for not running their championships properly for their club players like i mean it I, look turlock in a way he's right kind of things he's saying, but like Christ almighty, th- that's complicating things.
2: Yeah, no, completely. Like I I, I have different views from Turdick on, on the tier two championship anyway. And when I was reading it earlier, I was kind of comparing it with a piece that was in the mail, I think could have been last week, or the week before that, that, that Cara Healy did. Um, and I thought it was really interesting as somebody who is also, would, would potentially be involved in a, in a tier two championship and his view on it is completely different and be way more aligned to mine in that like that, You know, he he didn't see the point of it in that, like, you're competing. A Tier 2 championship is made up of counties who don't want to be in it, basically. And they're only in it because you know by default after losing a game and stuff like that. And how how at the start of year do you motivate players who want to be in a tier two championship because they're, they're doing their best to avoid it, but then they're in it and then they have yeah. to win basically. But um, but no, some of the <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing when I was reading. It. I was like, geez, we're we're going on a bit long here, and he still hasn't mentioned tier two. Like there, <laughs> like, there it is. So he's still not let that lie. A few um, a few months or a couple of weeks after after he's, he's he's let it go. But uh, I, I thought it was good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, thought, I thought he was buying home we're not going to get into it will we go on continue <laughs> no I, I just I, uh, I I do agree with him but I, I did think it was funny because it was almost like it was out of nowhere I was sort of expecting like Philip going to be like Turlock I was asking you about Jack McCaffrey what's this <laughs> got to do with tier 2 <laughs> why are you bringing this up uh, well, the proof
0: will be in the pudding when we see tier 2 in 10 years time and how the counties you know have have um you know, developed within it and are they enjoying it and things like that, I suppose. It, it, without it, It's either his opinion at the moment because it's untested or my opinion or Conan's opinion or whatever. He did mention that Ray Walker uh, testing positive um, for a performance-enhancing drug. He said, for me, it was the lowest uh, point uh, to be honest, there's flaws in the system in terms of education. The players have up until the 31st of March to complete their training and the National League starting in January. It needs to be looked at. And we said that on the show here, lads, that that definitely, um, that definitely needs to be looked at. And he finished up by saying, I've never seen or heard anything in Gaelic football that would cause concern. I would hope that would that would always be the way. Overall, Ireland has very good records in terms of individuals' responsibilities towards their sport. And again, I agree with that, uh, Conan. You know, the likes of Paul Kimmage won't agree with it because, you know, people have to be doping for him to, you know, be more relevant. But I don't think the culture is there in Ireland if there are individual cases. The odd time, that's fair enough. The GA has had pretty much an exemplary record since they started testing outside of one or two fellas that haven't really been on county panels. Their culture is not there amongst county panels. I'm very confident of that. And while we all need to keep our eyes open, it's not something that we have to be overly worried about.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask about the actual training, you know, the anti-doping training because I, I don't know about you, Connor, but like, you know, this uh, the, the COVID-19 sort of return to play training that you have to do, like I know, like I did and everybody else did, they're just flying through trying to get this module over with and you get asked five questions at the end and you have to get four right and if you get yeah. them wrong you can do it again. Like, you know, it's basically you're just doing it because you have to do it. So I don't like, you know, I don't know how much I took in that I already like didn't know from what's going around in the public anyway, so and like, did you ever have to do training, Wooly? Like, you know, anti-doping training or anything like that? Like, I, no. I don't know how effective it would be.
0: I don't think we did training. We had a we we had a doctor speaking to us, and we were given a leaflet with all the banned substances which you were supposed to cross-reference against anything that you took. Well, you were told not to take anything that the doctor didn't tell you to take, and you had to run it past him. But you were given a leaflet as well. I followed it. Like, I asked the doctor about anything. My inhaler. I had to fill, oh, I had to fill out a form because I'm an asthmatic, that that had to be sent up to Croke Park to make sure I wasn't just puffing out of an inhaler the day of the game, Um, which for someone who can breathe properly probably would be a bit of an advantage. But like, I mean, if you have asthma, it's just to relieve the symptoms of it or whatever. But there's paperwork to have to fill out. Yeah, it's definitely. And that was back. Sure. That was back in the mid-noughties, you know, when I was doing that kind of stuff. So like, I mean, I'm sure that goes on now. The issue is fellas just joining a squad at a certain time of the year when that training might fall through the cracks, you know, and they're they're landing in in January. The training isn't until March and they've got two months of uh, buying – powder over the internet <laughs> or whatever to do. I don't know. Like, well, you'd want to be stupid no matter what, if you're joining the county panel to be doing that. Cause they all have, they all have doctors that is, it, they're only, it's only a matter of asking. And um, we'll have to move on there, lads. Cause like I said, we're out of, we're, we're gone way over the time as usual. Pat Spillane in the Sunday world, the first signs of action at long last. Thankfully, common sense have have prevailed. The GE have accepted a new normal, which involves balancing risk with reward. There's not too many talking points I could find um, out of this, if I'm being honest. Outside of the fact, he said the GE is my drug of choice. It's part of my DNA. It's what gives me my high it's it's but it's the live uh, action I crave. Watching all classic matches, even those involving Kerry, simply doesn't float my boat. I don't. I'm not going to lie. We did loads of nostalgia games, which I enjoyed. But when you know the score in a game, it's just not the same. Like it's just not the same. And even rewatching a game, um, I don't like doing would, if I'm not trying to do some analysis from behind the goals or whatever like that. But he has another little small piece here. Uh, revised list: a mixed bag. Um, and he's talking about I uh, like Kerry, for example, who don't have to worry about relegation. Tyrone need a, Tyrone need every point. Their two remaining ties are against Donegal and Mayo, and they face Donegal again in the first round of the Ulster Championship, all in the space of three weeks. And both the Donegal games are scheduled for Ballybofey. And I suppose that just kind of shines a light on why the Tyrone Club Championship is a knockout. Like I mean, you know, that's a that's a horrendous start to the year for them, Conor.
2: Yeah. Oh. Go ahead, Connor. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I just about to say absolutely. And he, he makes the point, I think we brought up Westmead earlier on as well, and kind of makes the point about how their situation compares to some of the others. And actually, he brings up because I think he was saying, um, and this has been brought up in, in a few kind of articles over the weekend as well, that the GA missed an opportunity with an open draw. And Pat was just pointing out some of the counties why. I think Cavan or Monaghan, for example, had to win. Uh, I think they'd have to win four games just to get to a semi-final, whereas the likes of—I know we mentioned Cork and Kerry earlier on—but they have to win two. Um, so just, just kind of outline the, the kind of difficulties facing some counties. But he did throw in a—he did throw in a Johnny Mitchell quote. You'd be delighted to know what? Oh it? yeah, yeah, yeah. He did actually. I think he missed out on the quotes last week, so he must have heard you saying uh, saying you were. Who <laughs> he had, he had money on Joni Mitchell? I didn't. <laughs>
0: No, no, Pat. I pulled him out of nowhere. I highlighted that. I completely forgot. So he says so too, my beloved GEA. A line from Jody Joni Mitchell's song sums up my feeling perfectly. Um, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? <laughs> I even sang it. For, I even sang it for you. Brilliant, Pat. Well, there was one week he had about eight quotes in the same piece, wasn't it? We were slagging him for using up the word count, but he'd only <laughs> won this time. But it was definitely left field. There's no
1: doubt about that. Yeah, we should. We should actually do like a sort of sweepstakes to see what's going to be yeah, next on coaches. <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did, he did say one
0: other thing and it's a common kind of I don't know perception people has. he says there's pluses of course this is to the knockout system the knockout formula hands a small added advantage to the weaker counties at least now they have some chance of pulling off a shock result and making it stick how does it increase their chance of pulling off a shock result With somebody mind telling me because they're in the Leinster championship anyways and if they win they go to the next round they cause a shock the other team goes into the qualifiers. The chances that they're going to f- meet each other later in the championship, a weaker team continue on to meet the stronger team again, eh, impossible. Like, I mean, Colin, I don't know. Like, some people say that, oh, you know, on a one-off game, they're they one-off games anyways. There's just a the back door. You know what I mean? And generally, the weaker county might pull off a shock result and then get beaten in the next round because they're a weaker team. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't understand the concept of how... The knockout will have a will suit a weaker team over a back door
1: for them. No, I because I actually don't think that, that that whole thing or that that chat and narrative is about weaker counties. I think it's just it, it it increases the stakes for the stronger county. You know, so then if they lose, yeah. I remember after Stock got their first dollar in final, they lost the first round in Derry, but it was underwhelming because like they weren't out, you know. So it's like that. That's the beauty of it. Like you know, like yeah, Carlo beating Kildare, Carlo weren't going to go on and win Leinster but it's there. she'd be out, but they're not yeah. out, they can go on and get back into the super That's
0: the beauty of it, it's like Armagh against Monaghan that year, you know, def- defending champions Armagh out, you know, like I mean, that's, yeah. it is more to do with the risk for the, the stronger counties than any sort of advantage for the weaker counties, it's not an advantage for the weaker counties, look at poor Westmead, they'll, t- they'll tell you uh, <laughs> what it's like. Um, in the Sun then, let's to finish up, they did a piece on Ballymun Kickhams, a, a club we've definitely talked about, and Valley kickham's have no excuses this year. So we know the talent that they have. And we know every year they are hamstrung by their six best players, elite players, very, very top players coming back a week, usually. Because Dublin have done five in a row, right? So they're always coming back a week after playing in an all Ireland final. They've got bumps. They've got bruises. And they interviewed, it was Paul Keane um is this piece, the headline is Looking After Number Mun, right? So you love that one, right? So Club Club's first campaign could help um kick us on. So but, uh, Paddy Carter, ex-manager, who managed them in 16 and 17, or was it 17, 16 and 17, he says, for those two years I was there, 2016 17, three of the four players who had started the all Ireland Finals for Dublin came back carrying significant injuries. They were unable to do anything really until the games themselves and with the best will in the world, they weren't 100%. So bellymont Kickhams really need to shit or get off the pot here because we know they should have won an all Ireland club in, in 13. Um, they won the county final in Dublin in 12. Should have beaten Bridges. The Raider nine points off, but brilliant comeback by Bridges in fairness. But Ballion kickers will be kicking themselves. Since then, they lost the thirteen final after a replay to Vincent's. This is after being five points up in injury time in the draw in the drawing game. So they really made a balls of that. Vincent's got one two to draw it and beat them in the replay. Um, in 2014, they lost the quarter final to Clunkets. 2015 lost the second round to Vincent's. 16 lost the semi final to Vincent's. 17 lost the final to Vincent's. 18 lost the quarter final to Jude's, and then they were knocked out in the round robin last year. Last year, Connor. So it looks on paper like they're going completely backwards. Vincent's had their number, but they get a clear run at this club championship now with all their players um, committing. You'd imagine minimum two days a week, and listen, if we're being honest, you'd imagine they're going in with Dublin one night a week. That's unconfirmed. <laughs> that's unconfirmed.
1: <laughs> and, and again, like yeah, everybody on the same page. Like I, I was sort of thinking, is it harsh that we expect Ballymun to win all the time? You know, because Ballyboden Crooks and Vincent's, like they're all class teams as well, but the like of Vincent's like you go through their, their team they're, they're just a really really class club team and yeah. like, Ballymun just haven't had the opportunity to create that for their own team and you look at their 2017 final like the difference the difference was a goal and Philly McMahon actually gave the ball away around you know 50 metres out and yeah, just one pass it, yeah. go yeah. And it's just riskless, like you know. That's that's what Vincent's do, but that's but that's what they can work on because they're only ever missing Jeremy McConley. Whereas you're yeah. throwing in third of the team into the Valley Mon team. This is the time now where Vincent's haven't had fifteen league games and all these friendlies. They're all yeah. going in now. to a championship on the same level.
0: Yeah, and the problem with Balmain is is that their players are so versatile. They never know where to play their good players. Like Philly McMahon could be cornerback, he could be midfield, he could be centre back. John Small seems to have settled on centre back, but he could be wing back. If James McCarthy centre back, midfield. I think he might have played centre forward at one stage. They don't know what to be doing with their their very best players, which is a huge hamstring when you're only getting the back a week before a match, um, Connor. So they will be able to settle. I think James McCarthy has to play midfield. I think playing Philly McMahon in the corner is mad at his age now because Philly has no interest in having to mark somebody now I think Philly should be I'd play Philly and James McCarthy potentially Mm. in midfield but again they don't have the time to experiment with this Connor because they're just being landed back in with these fellas
2: It's only really of those players you mentioned Like uh, only really Dean Rock that would have had a fixed position in the full forward line I'm not sure they ever tried him out Uh,
0: He has he's played centre forward for them Yeah. yeah he has yeah
2: yeah, so even Dean Rock, then, like they they haven't got a settled position for 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 him either, and and that's that's what happens, as you said, when not like, they? They're coming back. Not only are they involved with Dublin for half the year, but then they're just physically and mentally exhausted. So they're not they're 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 some sort of a shadow of themselves when coming back for for Ballymun as well. I just wonder, after all this, then, will will Dublin have the excuse this year that the Ballymun lads were wrecked from their exertions with the club <laughs> activity that they they couldn't make it happen for Dublin in the county championship? <laughs> like that, we're, yeah. We're, to be seen.
0: I know, it depends if they make a county final you know they could go back in like I mean that's the one That probably Desi Farrell that's the one club he doesn't want to make a county final because he's not going to have them you know <laughs> until um, until the la- a later point I don't know what, what date is the county final fixed for is it tw- the 20th of September Conan
1: it's yeah I think you're right 20th of September and like or whatever that weekend is and uh yeah, Desi Farrell then has to try and work six Bally Mumlads and his Dublin team is going to be chaos.
0: Yeah, no, it will be complete chaos. Come here, to finish up, this was a lovely little one. Sleeve it with me in the sun. Um, a little small piece down along the side. So Trevor Giles has explained that the origin of his iconic sleeveless um, look was a trip to Australia. He told the GER that he was inspired um by the AFL's jerseys and with 1999 being an unusually hot summer in Ireland he made alterations to his kit we never get any papers picking up on anything that we ever do like i mean i understand the game i understand that that's you know you're not going to do stuff like that so whenever i see a piece that The examiner has had the odd one or two. Um, not that I, I can't really remember too many, too many other ones. Whenever I see a piece like that, I feel delighted. I'm delighted with the sun. Geez, that's very nice. Just to pick up a small little quote with an outstanding headline, Conan, like sleeve it with me. You can't beat a tabloid silly headline.
1: But it's just the same, wasn't? It? They had to bring in Trevor Giles to get us. So it couldn't just be Colin Parkinson said on the TA. <laughs> ah, no,
0: no, no. I'm not expecting that. I like <laughs> if we do if you do an interview with one of the big names, you, you'd. Uh, you know, it's, if it's newsworthy, they still don't pick them up. It can get a little bit frustrating. I'm not expecting my nonsense to ever get picked up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Colin Parkinson says David Goff is talking rubbish about not giving back.
0: <laughs> Parkinson's calls out Goff as an attention seeker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but, oh, Maybe attention seeker was a bit harsh there at the start of that. I'm starting to feel bad about that now. <laughs> Colin, anything to right. add?
2: <laughs> you need Conan to send out more press releases on your behalf Wooly. that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly right lads we'll leave it there that's me done I'm gone for three weeks so enjoy enjoy yep. when the cat's away there you can do whatever you want lads I don't care um, <laughs> and that's it and sure we'll be right back into club action I suppose when 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 we get back when I get back into the mix so that's it best of luck lads and thanks very much I'll, we'll, I'll be talking to you in three weeks and the lads will be talking to you very soon good luck And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and we're trying hard to make it through.
1: But it's harder to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of for today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I let it go